The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Ryan Dingle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. Folks, it has been way too long. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you saw on Twitter, but I am on an early paternity leave. My wife and I are expecting our new baby girl anytime. <laughs> there is a chance, uh, our, our guests have been forewarned that there's a, there's a possibility that during this podcast, I might have to go. So hopefully things work out. Um, I want to welcome in, uh, we've got two guests and probably going to be a third one in a little bit here, but uh, BDR is growing. We are so excited about this. We've got some really, really talented people that, are, that have come in, and we're excited to talk to them. So we're going to start off with uh, Corey Walsh. Welcome, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Hi, thank you. Excited to be here. And Dan Dundas, uh, welcome to BDR, man. Stoked to have you. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Let's go Bears. <laughs> Let's go Bears indeed. All right, so folks, there's so much good stuff to talk about here. The first thing, when we first announced on the show that, that Jeff Cadwallader was gonna be sponsoring the show, we were ecstatic. Uh, it, it's, it's an opportunity for BDR to grow, um, and we are just, we're thrilled to, to retain Jeff um, while we can. So folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home, give my guy Jeff a call, 630-254-4734. Visit GenevaJeff.com. He's the best. He is the absolute best. If, if you're looking for a home, either to buy or to sell, you've got to give him a call. There's so many realtors out there, but none of them are as good as Jeff. I'm just telling you that right now from personal experience, uh, bought and sold a home with Jeff and just unbelievable guy. I've literally never met a person that didn't meet Jeff. And the first thing that they said afterwards was, wow, like that is a great guy. Like Regardless if I buy a home from him, I want to hang out with him. I'm telling you, give him a call, 630-254-4734, or you can give him a text. That is his direct line, and he would love to talk to you. But folks, this, we, we're, we're so thrilled about this one. We have a new sponsor. And me, personally, I've got a little bit of skin in the game. Um, it's my barber. Uh, Sheridan's Barber Shop uh, in downtown Wheaton, unbelievable. I, I mean this sincerely. This is, this is not an ad. I'm not reading off a script at this point. One of my last haircuts, I got stopped on the street twice and people said, dang, where do you get your haircut? And it is Sheridan's, Sheridan's Barbershop. My guy, Will, hooks me up so well. I laugh. I, I get a fantastic haircut. Those guys are ridiculously good. Um, Tom, the owner, wonderful, wonderful guy. And uh, they're obviously, they're Bears fans and they're, we're, we're thrilled to have this partnership with them. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years. With five barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or 630-668-0137. Book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, so Corey, Dan, let's hop into this. Let's talk about it. You guys are joining a phenomenal staff. We've got our founder, Mike Page. We've got Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Matt Clapper, and all the way down in Australia, we've got Mike Oosterwick, who... 
Hopefully you guys get a chance to meet him on the pod or at some other point. Uh, he's got a phenomenal accent and an awesome, awesome writer. Um, and we're just thrilled that you're joining the crew. So, so Dan, I want to start with you on this one, this first question. How did you become a Bears fan? Um, I grew up in the South Suburbs. I was a Cubs fan for some reason. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I was probably about 10 years old. And it was prior, I just kind of missed the Dick era a little bit. Like I knew he was. And it's just right by I hit junior high and just kind of went from there. I just distinctly remember them being kind of okay. But I just remember hearing Wayne Larravee on those radio broadcasts. And I did, that just stuck in my head for 25 years or so. It just the excitement and just so-and-so is the lone step back in the backfield. And you're just like, whoa, I'm in. So, um, like I said, I'm just young enough to kind of miss the whole Super Bowl thing. But that kind of just got me in. And my buddy and I did season tickets when we were in high school, late 90s, when they were bad and just kind of. Forever. So, so, so Dan, I'm, I'm a little curious now that he's gone up north to that team up north that we, we, we dare not say out loud. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people were pretty upset about that. Wayne Larravee headed up there. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Makes me sad. I mean, he did the Bulls games and everything. And I just think it's kind of, kind of wasted up there, but it's one of those, you know, it's one of those first memories and that's how you, that's how you call a game and get people in at that young age. And, Whoever you pick up in that young age, you know, I've got buddies of mine that are Cowboys fans because they're awesome when they're in junior high. So whoever kind of gets you at that age, off For you sure. go. So. I, well, I just think like how iconic Jeff Joniak has become, right? Devin Hester, mm -hmm. you are ridiculous. Uh, you know, yep. it just uh, touchdown bears, right? Like every time he says it, I, I just get a little excited. Corey, I want to come to you. Same exact question. How did you become a Bears fan? Well, um, I hope it doesn't sound too cliche, but for me, it was all about family. Um, when I was growing up in the late 80s, um, all my aunts and uncles and cousins would go over to my grandparents' house every single Sunday for Sunday supper. And if it was football season, the Bears were on a TV. And it was this like simultaneously tiny TV, but also ginormous. And everybody would be crowded around it. And I just, those are my favorite memories growing up was all my family coming over watching the Bears game together and going crazy. You know, you couldn't get better than being a Bears fan in the late 80s. For sure. Now, now Corey, I, I read one of your first pieces about the, the Queen of the North. It was so well done. You know, what, what kind of made you, like, want to write for BDR? You know, I saw the tweet that Mike put out, and... And I hadn't even heard of you guys until I saw that tweet. And I was instantly a fan. I saw that tweet, started reading all of your blog posts, started listening to your podcast. I'm like, man, these guys are good. And uh, I honestly, half the things I'm going to be writing about, I'm researching anyways. I, I love looking up Bears stats, articles, anything I can get my hair, hands on, all the Bears content. And I thought, you know, if I could turn this into something of my own stuff that I'm going to be looking up and researching anyways. That's the dream for me. That's awesome. I love to write. I love the bears. And it was, it was just exactly, it came together perfectly. It's just so fun that 
as, as Mike Page kind of brought up the idea to me that, hey, I'm thinking about doing this for real, I thought, okay, let's, let's have a little bit of fun with it. And we were really surprised to see how fast everything's been kind of growing. And that's obviously Mike, Mike his doing and, and all of that. And so, you know, we was thrilled to see uh, your first piece, like I said, and, and, and super happy to have you join the BDR crew. Dan, same question. What, what made you, so first of all, just so our, our, our listeners, you're kind of that X's and O's kind of guy for us, right? And so kind of tell us a little bit about why you wanted to be part of BDR. Yeah, I kind of had a different scenario with it when all the COVID stuff hit last year, I guess me and 80 other million people made blogs or I guess I was the only one doing it. <laughs> but stuff I want to talk about, there's some pop culture, some sports, um, and all the X and O stuff. Cause I just started coaching a couple of years ago and I've learned a ton. I'm like, well, I just want to help people just know basic things that are watching a game. They can be like, Oh, I kind of like what Tony Romo points out things. When you're watching a game on TV, just those little things instead of people making, you know, if you're on Twitter enough, you kind of see people making statements and, hot takes and I just want to, I kind of don't care for all that. So if you can be a little more informed and, you know, as, and I, I have, I maybe know not that much compared to anybody else, but I've learned enough where it's like, I want to share this with people. So I kind of did that and I kind of um, took a break from it during the spring. So I had classes to do and whatnot. And Mike kind of reached out to me and part of my Twitter sphere, Twitter verse was a lot of bears people. So I, I think I'd seen you guys and other podcasts, cats groups and things like that and he kind of reached out and I was like I can kind of do what I want to do and he kind of like let you know yeah do whatever you need to do so I thought that was really really excellent and really accommodating so I'm like let's let's go for it yeah Mike's great that way Um, once he knows that you're passionate about the bears and that uh, it's something that you want to do you know he's going to bring you in and kind of give you some some freedom with that um, okay, so this is totally off script. I didn't throw this one out to you guys. And so I apologize for that. I'll give you a, a second if you need it. What's, what's next? What are the, what's the thing that you're, you're thinking about? Or, or maybe you, you've already started writing or you started already working up. What, what's, what's next for you guys here with BDR? So I've got a couple of ideas I'm working on. My next one coming up, um, it's titled The Top 10 Fumbles of Phillips, where I, <laughs> I rank the 10 worst decisions that Ted Phillips has made, which I'm finding is difficult because there's a lot more than 10 of them. <laughs> um, so uh, that one coming out next. And then the one after that, it's going to be a little bit more fun. You know, it's the off season. Um, it's it's going to be all about how to raise a Bears fan. And that's, that's going to have a little bit more heart, um, you know, just a, a little bit more, more fun, less facts related. I think that's what, you know, Dan, as you were kind of talking about it, we're not just a hot takes place. It's, it's informed bears fans that, that, that really want to do the research, but, but, you know, are also, it's not just that and that. And I think that that family component that you're talking about, Corey, is, is something that's really exciting. Dan, same question for you. What, what do you, what is something you're thinking about hopping into next year? So, you know, my first article is on Sean Desai and just kind of, I'm more of an offensive guy, but you have to know about defensive things too. But I kind of want to tackle that for my own sake and um, kind of building that and kind of seeing, maybe looking at what Justin Fields did at Ohio State and see what those things kind of translate over to. Then once the season gets going, then it's kind of lots, lots of things to pick from. I've seen different games and, you know, there's a lot more content that the Bears are putting out as a team to, to kind of pick at and see what kind of works and what doesn't work in our also things on uh, Matt Nagy, what he could kind of do with his staff and 
just along those lines, probably. So as they kind of trail out over the coming weeks of the summer. So, so I'm, uh, we're definitely going to talk about Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace later. So I'll save that question. Um, Dan, I'm coming right back to you. There's a lot of great memories as a Bears fan, I'm sure, and some not so great moments. So I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing with, with the listeners one of your favorite memories as a Bear and, and maybe one that had a lot of disappointment to it. Uh, we'll do the happy stuff first. Uh, the 2001 season. So I was at, I was at school. Yes, I think I was go. in the dorms. And, you know, you have these you know, guys from different – it's all – I went to Eastern and it's all everywhere from the different suburbs – and unfortunately, you had to meet Rams fans, too, in that era with Warner and Falk. I'm like, you people exist. But anyway, <laughs> they had the Mike Brown season. They do, apparently. They had the Mike Brown season. Uh, all those big returns. You know, people yelling up and down the hallways. Uh, and then the 0506, that little run with that defense just for a second there. I still kind of – I'd almost look at that as happiness and disappointment because, you know, Tommy Harris, here's his hamstring off. He's done. And it just – they're kind of normal again after that 06. And just you kind of thought that was like a little – little peak and they kind of fell off the cliff there, even though that was, a, those are awesome on those divisional games, but so both happy and sad. So, all right. Yeah. The, the, the Mike Brown year, that's what I think of 2001, the, the Cleveland game and the San Francisco game, uh, just a, a walk-off home run, a walk-off touchdown in, in both games. You just thought there's no way that can happen back to back. And it did uh, just, just incredible, incredible. Corey, what about you? Uh, let's, let's hear a, a favorite memory and, and maybe one filled with a little bit of heartbreak. Yeah, mine both come from, you know, the 06 season. The best memory for me was when we beat the Saints in the NFC Championship game because I was a little bit nervous going in, you know, Drew Brees was starting to build his career. I was, I didn't know if we were going to be able to, to come out on top. And I just looked up the scoring plays from that game and it was pretty close. And so we started to pull away in the fourth quarter. And I, I just remember that feeling of elation of, Oh my God, we're going to see the bears go to the Super Bowl. And I was in college. We had a few people over and I remember I was jumping on my couch and hugging my roommates and <laughs> I will never forget that feeling. And, oh. uh, the heart, the heartbreak was probably, you know, looking back, it was the, the, the opening kickoff, the Hester yeah. return, because in the moment I was so elated and I was so sure that we were going to win every single analyst, every single Vegas odds, whatever, said if Hester gets a, a run back touchdown, the Bears have it. So from the beginning of that game, I'm like, we got this in the bag. And then I just got, we all, you know, well, you know. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was the formula for winning. It was Devin Hester getting a return, right? Think about the Arizona Cardinals game or, or when we were down at, you know, in the Saints. It like both, I mean, he just, he took over those games. It seems to me, and I said this on an earlier pod, I think that's when the magic in 2006 ran out was after he finished mm -hmm. that because it was all kind of downhill from there. Um, let's, let's fast forward a little bit here, guys. Uh, Corey, I want to come back right to you. Just your thoughts on the current state of the Bears. You know, feel free to, to tackle a little bit with the, the draft or any of those things. Um, you know, wh where do you kind of see the Chicago Bears right now here in June 2021? Well, I feel a lot more optimistic than I did in uh, January of 2021. I'll say that. Um, obviously, 
pace and Nagy hit a home run with the draft, or at least, you know, all, all metrics show that, you know, they, they had a pretty good draft. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I like what we're doing with the offensive line. I've read that, you know, Nagy might be looking at a more run heavy game, which I think might finally give an identity to the offense. Um, and I'm, I'm interested, Dan, I'm really excited for your second article about Desai because I think it's, nobody really knows what to expect out of him and to come in into Chicago to take over the defense, you know, that those are some pretty big shoes to fill. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic, I would say. Yeah. Without trying to get all the success, you know, there's plenty of to talk about pace and Nagy, but I think the, the, the fan base has kind of gotten back from the ledge a little bit after the draft and, and some of the guys that were acquired, I'm just kind of, like Corey said, just kind of cautiously optimistic that Nagy can use his coaching staff. He's got good guys on there. DiFilippo, he's, you know, known across the league to utilize them and listen to them and, and all that. But I think the, I think the, the team is feeling good about itself. I think Fields kind of galvanizes the whole team, the coaching staff, the players. Uh, and it's crazy what a quarterback can do for you, even at, you know, I coach the JV teams, like, you know, and you got a guy that just played, played kickoff sometimes. He played linebacker on defense. The kids are like, let's go. This guy's going. It's no different whether it's adults, 25 years old or 15 years old. That's what I've been telling people. Like, they see you got a QB that just lifts the boats. All, lifts the, all the ties lift the boats, I guess you say. Well, it's so. so funny, Dan, that you bring that up. And, Corey, you kind of talked about the same thing is that, you know, we, when Andy Dalton was introduced, you know, this, the, the, we were ready to burn the city down. And then how much things have, have swung over to the other direction because Justin Fields sure seems a vastly different quarterback than, than what we've had in, in Chicago. What do you guys think kind of about that? Dan, what, 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 what are your kind of thoughts on, on Justin Fields without, you know, getting too much into the weeds of the X's and O's, like just your, your yeah. gut feeling as, as a Bears fan. He's got the pedigree. You know, I follow the recruiting stuff and I have to watch Notre Dame lose to Ohio State or Clemson every year. So it's kind of, you know, <laughs> I know how the elite guys are before they get to you. Breaks my heart. Um, but he was the same class as Trevor Lawrence, so they were kind of like 1A and 1B together, and everybody kind of followed there with two best players in that class a couple years ago. Um, he was supposed to go to Georgia, whatever, but he, you know, just walks into Ohio State, and they have a good program, and they know how to work NFL guys. And that whole – that kind of empty – that empty stat when people go, oh, well, he went to that school that doesn't produce these people. It's like, you know, on the same flip of the coin – because Notre Dame makes tight ends, does it mean every tight end is going to be good? No, it doesn't matter. It matters about the player. People, you know, people like throwing that out there, and it's kind of silly in that regard. But he just, you know, from everything that he has been advertised for, it, I mean, even just in early OTAs and things, it looks really tremendous. Agreed. Corey, what about you? What, what are you thinking about the Justin Fields move? I think it was, by all metrics, a fantastic move, obviously. Um, and – nobody knows how rookies are going to pan out. You know, that's, that's just the nature of, of the game. But um, I'm, I'm really excited about him coming in at number one out of every single player that's taken the NFL mental aptitude test to be able to read a defense 
that's what I think we're, we were, we've been lacking for so long is the coaches trust in the quarterback to take a look at the defense, make decisions at the line, change it up at the last second to, to suit what he's seeing. Um, I, from everything I've been seeing and reading, it sounds like fields is that guy for us. And hopefully if he can fit into whatever offense Nagy's trying to create, um, you know, his, his ability to read a defense is, is only going to bring him to that next level, I think. Yeah, that that's such a such a great point. You know, just just thinking about um, how smart this guy is, and I love the way that you're talking about that that aptitude test. But one of the things that I've I've looked at that I think is fascinating is watch his games back to back, and you'll see some of the same plays, and he'll make a far better read the second time he sees that defense, and that for me is crazy exciting. Exactly what you guys are both kind of talking about is his ability to, to, to kind of learn and process and read defenses and do all that, I think has us all kind of feeling like I might be ready to get my heart broken again, right? Like I'm going to put myself out there, you know, I'm dating again, I'm, I'm meeting people, I'm not actually just want my wife to know that I'm not dating anyone she's pregnant and she's angry folks. Um, so, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's, let's get on to, to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I got to tell you guys just a little bit of history. I, if I have to choose between the two, I'm a Ryan Pace guy. I loved Matt Nagy in 2018, but in the last two years, I've seen a lot to, to have me worried. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of the coach as the person. I think Matt Nagy seems like a wonderful guy, um, but I, I have some fear of, of his, like people's excitement. I know we talked a little bit about, you know, could this be a run first offense? I just, I don't know if I trust him with that. So, so Corey, I'm kind of curious Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, your kind of thoughts and, and your, your trust level with these guys. I'm pretty much on the same page as you are in terms of, um, you know, for every bad decision that Ryan Pace has made in hindsight, I think he's completely redeemed himself in this draft, especially. And I think that he's made other pretty good decisions. Um, and I kind of agree. I think Nagy still has to show why he should be here. He, like I said, he's lacked an identity in his offense. He's calling the plays. He's not calling the plays. Um, hopefully we've got our quarterback, um, but we don't know. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page. I'm more of a fan of pace than I am of Nagy, but we'll see. I think they're here for a couple more seasons. I think this draft has given them at least that. So, um, you know, now is definitely the time show or, get out basically. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think this move definitely bought them some time. Dan, what about you? What are your thoughts on Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace? How much time you got, Ryan? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I like Pace a little bit more. Uh, he was a new GM in 2015 and the cover was pretty bare from Phil Emery. Phil Emery did not do a good job drafting at all. So he kind of had to take some swings with free agency. It didn't work out and the Mitch debacle, but things have kind of picked up and it takes experience. And he kind of shows that he was a personnel guy in new Orleans. That's why he's so good at getting these fifth round late picks, Eddie Jackson, three Cohen, Jordan Howard, Mooney guys like that. It's like his bread and butter. Cause he knows how to do that. So I think he's kind of settling in and, and that's a good sign to see, you know, most GMs 
unless they hit on a bunch of lottery tickets like the Seahawks did a decade ago, get all those DBs and, you know, unless they had a lottery ticket like that, most GMs are kind of like, it's a wash. I mean, unless you're, there's a couple of elite ones. Other than that, most GMs kind of have hits and misses. Uh, Nagy's deal real quick. It would just, like Corey said, the identity. He's a West Coast guy and that Bill Walsh tree from decades ago. And he, it's, it's so meticulous. He wants to do everything his way. And he's got good coaches, I think. But I don't know if he takes their input or, you know, if they're, if the guy's up in the box being like, hey, you know, when they go to trips, the linebacker stretches out there and there's an opening or whatever, they might be calling, talking to each other. And Maggie might be like, no, I got to play for that. And it doesn't work. And just like this ego thing, I don't know. So that's what kind of worries me. I think he's an excellent head coach. And I think if you want him to draw some plays up for you as a coordinator, he'd be excellent as that too. But I think the play calling ego thing, trying to be like Sean Payton or whomever is not really his bag right now, but he has room to grow, but I think he's got a much shorter leash. So, Dan, that was so well said. I, I, I think you hit so many great points. He can write a play, but putting a, a series of plays together is just, there just seems to be no cohesion to it. It's like, what are you doing? There's no rhythm to it. Um, but, you know, then he'll call a play and you're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. And, and I agree, a good leader, a very, very good leader. He kept that locker room together, both the awful 2019 season and the playoff in air quotes season in 2020. Um, you know, definitely, you know, stuff there. All right, guys, it is time for my absolute favorite segment for all of our first time guests. Now you guys are part of the BDR staff, but guess what? It's, it's, it's going to happen to you. You got to do it anyway to be part of the crew. You've got to give us an unpopular opinion. We have had some absolutely incredible ones. Uh, don't like chocolate cake. Portillo's is not good. Ferris Bueller is overrated. I just, what are you like? That is sacrilege in, in, in Chicago land. Um, we had Matt Lacoste from the New England Patriots. His, he's a tight end and he doesn't like cheese, um, ketchup on hot dogs. I mean, we've, we've heard it all. Um, so you're not going to offend. We're ready to hear it. So Corey, I've got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion? So I've got two. I've got one football related, one not. The one that's not football related is I hate Chinese food. <laughs> So what about like Thai food or Vietnamese or something? Is it just like, or is it Chinese food specifically? No, I love Thai food. Um, well, I shouldn't say I love it. I like Thai food. Um, it's, it's just like just the regular Chinese food that you get, like fried rice and I don't know. My husband loves it. He's ready to divorce me over it. But it's... <laughs> All right. He always wants to get it. And I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Man, so. I, I, I don't know. Have you been going to the right restaurants? I guess that's the real question, right? Maybe, maybe you just don't have really good Chinese food. I'm not really sure. And okay, now you said you had two. So Corey, I got to hear, what is the second yeah. unpopular opinion? So my football related unpopular, unpopular opinion is I can't find it in my heart to hate Tom Brady. I want to, <laughs> based on everything he's you know you can say he's the greatest of all time according to the, his Super Bowl wins um his time with the Patriots I think obviously his latest season really proved that um 
And I, he's just kind of a charming guy and he's got this perfect life and he's married to a supermodel with his perfect little kids. And like, there's so much to hate about him and I, I can't do it. I kind of like him. You know, it's funny as if you would have asked me a year ago how I felt if he was still with, you know, was Tom Brady with the Patriots, I, I probably would, would whore, like hold slightly stronger like dislike for him. But I don't know. I think I, I tend to agree with you a little bit. When he went to Tampa, it was like, well, this guy is obviously the best quarterback of all time. I mean, it's just, can you really argue with it anymore? So Corey, love it. Fantastic. Right. Uh, awesome. Dan, same question. What is your unpopular opinion? I'm going to go the same route. I have two uh, Italian beef tastes like cardboard. I don't know why people order it. Um, can't figure that one out. Don't know. I love my Chicago dogs. All right. That, that's, that's bar none. I try to explain Chicago dogs to people down south, down in the state here, and they understand what that concept is. But um, don't get the Italian beef. I've gotten like three times. I don't understand. Uh <laughs> Hot take. And then the second one would be uh, surprised there's been some kickback on this on the social media, but I think Kyle Shanahan is a boy wonder genius and will rule the NFL in the 2020s. And no one seems to really be on board with that, but he has a long history of his dad being Mike Shanahan. And he runs his dad's offense from the when I was in high school when he was Mike Shanahan was in the Broncos. He's been an OC. He, had, he was Robert Griffin, Robert Griffin III's uh, OC like a decade ago when he was really awesome one year before he hurt his knee, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. So he's, uh, he's where it's at, and people don't like him because he has a poor head coaching record, which is – Man, I think to your point, think about what he's done with Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard. He, he's, he's made decent offenses out of very – subpar quarterbacks right and so i love it and then to your first point we had jj stankovitz on who used to write for nbc sports chicago um and now is the staff writer for the colts say that deep dish pizza sucks and you should get uh, italian beef instead so it sounds like dan we might need to set up a, a fight between the two of you guys uh in some way all right um guys i want to just say First and foremost, one more time, thank you for, for joining BDR. We're excited to have you guys. We're, 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 we're thrilled to, to bring you on board. So welcome to BDR crew. Um, Dan, any shout outs? Anybody that might be listening to the podcast you might like to give a shout out to? Uh, no one in particular, just uh, a couple guys on Twitter that kind of always follow us. We have good banter back and forth and they're very open and engaging. And so there's a couple handful of guys there. Um, always kind of followed the blog and things like that and always receptive. So the 10 of them probably know who they are, but good little community on there on, on the Twitter found like actually some good people surprisingly. So, yeah, you dude, it, it's funny is I, we've met some good people. Mike, Mike Oosterwick, it wouldn't have been possible, right. To get him on board. And he lives in Australia. He's from Melbourne, Australia. And obviously both of you guys, it, it wouldn't have happened with, without, without Twitter. Corey, what about you? Any shout outs people you might like to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to the entire O'Brien clan. That's my family that would gather every Sunday to watch Bears football, um, especially my Uncle Bob and my Uncle Bear. Um, I, with my Uncle Barry, I'm literally every single Bears game, I'm texting him after almost every single down, talking about the game, how it's going. Um, so, yeah, I just my family. Dan Dundas. 
Corey Walsh. So, so excited to have those guys as, as a part of the crew. Uh, just great people, obviously Bears fans, and really talented too. So make sure you head to beardownreport.com. Check out what those guys have written. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's good stuff, and I'm really looking forward to what they put out here in the future. This works out perfectly. So, so thanks again to, to Corey and thanks again to Dan for hopping in with us. We didn't know if Luke was going to make it, but here he is. So uh, Luke O'Grady, welcome to Bear Down Report. Uh, we're so excited to have you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I just snuck out. I've actually just finished playing my own football game. So just uh, scoot home. We'll be able to catch you guys before you guys were able to leave. So yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. So now Luke, same question that I was asking Corey and Dan, you know, how did you become a Bears fan? Uh, I inherited it. Dad's born a Bears fan. So I was, uh, it was always on the TV growing up. And then when I was like probably eight or nine, I, I, I kind of flirted with the idea of trying to like a different team. I remember I, I, I thought maybe I'd be a Bengals fan. I just, uh, I, I'd keep the same color, the orange and go to the AFC, but that lasted about a week. It just didn't, you know, I, it was hard to, you know, dad reading about it and talking about it all the time and watching it all the time. It was hard to, to like anything else. Fair enough. So do you have a favorite memory as a Bears fan? Possibly some heartache as a Bears fan? We know there's plenty of both. Favorite memory? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of... So I remember the first real crazy memory was the uh, the opening kickoff of the Super Bowl in 2006. I remember that was like, I couldn't believe it. And then something a little less cheesy would probably be, we won an overtime game against the Vikings. Uh, Cutler had like a 40 or 50 yard pass to a Roma should do down the sideline to win it. And that, for some reason, it was just, that was a grind game. I remember Hunter Hillenmeyer had a crazy fumble on Adrian Peterson. So I picked that one too. Oh man, that was a great game. Yeah, Devin Aroma should do in the back right corner. Oh dude, what a throw. Oh man, the call. Oh, dude. Oh, what should do? Chicago <laughs> wins. Absolutely. So oh, man, it was, it was fantastic. So, Luke, I got to ask, why did you want to work for BDR? What, what, what was the incentive for you? I mean, I'm just always paying attention to what's going on with the Bears and talking to my friends and my dad about it. So I figured, you know, it was something I was always cued into. I, I loved the discussion that was going on on Twitter, and I figured if I could be part of a network that I was already focused on, you know, it would just be an awesome opportunity. Fantastic. We're, like I said, we're, we're stoked to have you. Quick thoughts on the current state of the Chicago Bears. Better than people give it credit for. How for come? Sure. Why do you, why uh, do you say not, that? I'm not really – I don't really know if there's any one position on – like position group on the team that you have to really, really worry about. I mean, you could say cornerback too, and that's probably the best answer. But even then, I think there's a lot of high upside opportunity at that position, and I think some good competition. Maybe if we're lucky, iron will sharpen iron. So, you know, I think the arrow's really pointing up. It just depends. You know, I think our ceiling with uh, Dalton is like 10 wins maybe. And then I think our ceiling with Fields, if you believe in the hype, could be, you know, 10 to 12 wins. And I think the roster is better than people realize. I, I, You know, it's interesting that you say cornerback because there are – it becomes a position where now it's real competition and there's a real possibility to see who can come out, you know, Duke Shelley, Kendall, exactly. Vildor, you know, a whole bunch of other guys that exactly. are in, in that position. Duke could, Shelley and Kendall. Uh-huh, yeah. It could be real exciting this off season for sure. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy got a lot of trust for these guys. Again, maybe I sound the grand optimist, but I'm a truther. I definitely like, 
I think if you just take a step back, it's easy on a moment-to-moment basis to, like, criticize him, but you just look at the resume, like, pace miss on the quarterback, and that'll always be really bad. But if Fields pans out, we can forget about that. The roster he's maintained on this team, especially the roster he inherited, it's always been a quality competitive roster. And then Maggie, it's like, what's there to complain about? The only thing to really complain about is he wasn't bad enough last year, and he kind of floated in the middle, and we had to pick 20, but even then we still got Justin Fields. He's never been bad. Our teams don't really get run over. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I don't understand the hate. I know he sometimes gets cute, but, like, so does every coach in the league. There's a little bit more success in some of those cute calls. Like, we'll be fine. Andy Reid had a backup quarterback in for one play in the playoffs, and he ran a sprint out with him. It worked, though. If, he, if that, if that play is incomplete, he looks like an idiot. It happens. We, we talked a little bit about the rhythm and play calling and some of those things, but you're right. There's a whole lot of things to like. All right, Luke. Lately. We, we are, uh, we're at a spot now, unpopular opinion. Literally can be anything that you're, that you're thinking about. We've had some good ones. We got to run through them with Corey and Dan. So, Luke, I got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion? I am starting to have my doubts about Eddie Jackson, I would say. I was a huge Eddie Jackson fan. I don't usually buy jerseys because I, especially as a Bears fan, things really come and go in the last decade. But I, you know, it just all looked, it all made sense to me. Like the, all the plays looked exactly like what you want from a top notch safety. And it was instinctful. It was like, he, he never really got burned. He was disciplined. Um, he had a number of plays that, you know, should have been added to his Redmond that came back from penalties. But the last couple of years, and ever since he rolled his ankle in Green Bay, I'm not sure that, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I, I sure know, I have as much faith back there. I know that Mike Page, our founder, would be sending you high fives right now f- for that take. Uh, Luke, before mm-hmm. I let you go, any shout outs? Anybody you might like to give a shout out might be listening to the podcast that you'd like to say hello to? Mom and dad here, they'd love a shout out, so we'll give it to them. And then anyone else, uh, you know, if you're listening, you want to hear uh, more about what we're doing, uh, just follow us over at Bear Down Report. I think it's Bear Down underscore report. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, I'm. And then I'm at Luke O'Grady. Give me a follow. Fantastic. Luke, thanks so much for, for hopping in with us with your busy schedule. We appreciate you. Love to. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Take it easy. Thanks to Luke. Thanks to Dan. And thanks to Corey. We got everybody that's coming in tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Nick couldn't make it. Uh, he's our new film analyst guy. You guys have to give him a check out. Uh, he's been doing great work over there. And hopefully we'll get him on at some point. Again, folks that are listening, um, if you are a regular listener, you know it's been a long time since we've had the last one. I've had a lot going on personally, um, and obviously with the baby showing up, uh, it's just been uh, difficult to get in. I missed all of you. I missed uh, being able to to chat with all of you listeners, um, and so uh, it is going to be a while, probably not until the regular season that we'll be picking up with this pod. Um, Mike Page has thrown around the idea of possibly having another podcast uh, for Bear Down report but uh, we will see about that folks keep your ears peeled we'll see what we can get out to you as always i've got some shout outs that i've got to give and the first and foremost is to mike page uh, mike you're a fantastic boss and i appreciate it uh, mike let me take my paternity leave early uh, take care of some things that i needed to take care of and so mike thank you so much for that um, my guys roy 
Devori and Dan over the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. Um, you know, since I haven't been able to to do much um, and missing some other Bears podcasts, that's the one I've been listening to a lot. And those guys are really, really, really good. They keep me entertained. They keep me informed. Um, I don't always agree with them, but that's what you want in a Bears podcast. So shout out to those guys. If you get a chance, Three Kings of the Midway podcast, uh, they are very, very good. Um, I got to thank my international crew which is anthony dave noel derek and mike awesome group of guys we we have a text chain going and even though we're all in different countries different continents different time zones we make it work and so shout out to all of you guys i appreciate you greatly obviously jeff cadwallader for sponsoring the bear down report being our first sponsor and a huge, huge shout out to Tom and Will at Sheridan's Barbershop. Those guys are phenomenal, phenomenal guys. If you want a good haircut, you happen to be in the Wheaton area, you got to go see them. They're phenomenal, fantastic. They are the absolute best. Make an appointment. Um, I know they take walk-ins, but, but make an appointment with one of those guys and you will not be disappointed. Sheridan's phenomenal best barbershop i've ever been to and i am thrilled that we we have now a, a partnership going with those guys for all of you who are listening it's been a while i missed all of you guys i hope you are doing well take care of yourselves folks and as always bear down